The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Oh boy, you thought I was mad after the Arizona State game. You ain't seen nothing yet. Welcome to Rams Rewind, sponsored by all of you out there. Uh, if you like what you hear and you want to slip a little dinero in our pockets, we really appreciate it. Uh, when you do like Scott Van Ben Schoten did, uh, the other day, we appreciate anybody who does that. We'll give you a shout out when you do. Obviously I'm starting this a little early before the game is over because you know, what the heck the final score really doesn't matter in this respect. Um, that is one of the more embarrassing performances from VCU I've ever witnessed. A thoroughly and utterly disgraceful performance, almost from the first minute to the last. Yes, there were a couple of stretches. There was one in the first half when they briefly took the lead, where they looked like they might be getting their stuff together. And then in the second half, when they briefly threatened to run, and they, and they looked like they were going to turn the tide. But in general, this was absolutely awful. This team was not mentally prepared to play. And there's there's a three-pointer by Jaden Nunn to put some gloss on a rather otherwise awful game from him at the buzzer to get them to the heady heights of 47 points. Memphis 62, VCU 47, it wasn't that close. Believe me when I tell you it wasn't that close. If you were to send me to hell, if you were to send me to to Hades and you wanted me to be in an eternal in eternal damnation and torment, this first half that VCU played would be what's on the TV screen on a 24-hour loop. Because this team was not mentally prepared to play. This team did not have the right approach. This team looked like five guys who just showed up and decided to play together. This team had no idea that they could do things like dunk the ball at the rim. That's you, Brandon Johns. Make the extra pass. That's everybody. Um, defend their defend who they're supposed to defend because there was a lot of that today, not rotating. But here's why, as angry as I am at the players, and I am angry at the players, it comes down to coaching for me. Because here's the minutes breakdown tonight. In a game where VCU, from the under 12 on, got absolutely dominated, got absolutely outplayed, just looked awful in every respect. Every respect. This is what the minutes looked like. Jameer Watkins gets 34 minutes. And he has a line that looks good to anybody that didn't watch the game. 14 points, 10 boards, 3 assists. 
uh, 34 minutes. But believe me, if you watch the game, Jameer Watkins did not play well, and he made a lot of bad decisions. Zeb Jackson gets 35 minutes to shoot three for nine and one for six from three, and your point and your point guard has one assist. Jalen Delotes gets 27 minutes and gets one point. He does get eight boards at least, but he gets 27 minutes. Jaden Nunn gets 33 minutes, and as I said, without the three-pointer basically at the buzzer, he would have been in single figures. He gets 10 points, two boards, one assist. Brandon Johns Jr. gets 25 minutes and gets 10 points, nine boards. Uh, some people might think that was a good game. It was not, believe me when I tell you. And David Shriver is the only one off the bench that gets any kind of minutes, and he just had a disastrous game. He was 0 for 9 from the field, 0 for 7 from 3. He had a lot of good looks that just weren't going in. Out of all the people, all the players I could be mad at, I'm probably mad at him the least, believe it or not, other than the people who came off the bench. So you're telling me all those guys deserved 25-plus minutes in a game where this team absolutely stunk. Josh Banks gets 12. He came in right away and made his only field goal of three, and then he made a couple of bad plays. Did make his bow two free throws. Nick Kern gets seven. I guess after he dropped that easy pass, Rhodes was like, you can't play anymore. Um, and Fats Phillips gets one minute. So Fats Phillips gets one minute. Toby Lawal, we don't see him. Christian Fermin, we don't see him. I'm, I'm shrugging my shoulders for those of you listening in podcast land, I'm on, I'm live in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group, and I am shrugging my shoulders because I do not understand. I cannot explain it. I need somebody to tell me why that was the case. How you cannot go all the way into your bench when you play as badly as that. How you could sit here and just run the same five or six guys out there when they are playing like garbage, it is not good enough. And for some reason, I cannot get the comments, which is really annoying. So I'm going to try to get the comments because they are not coming up on this thing for some reason. And I apologize. Yes, Matt Mobley, it is coaching. It is coaching. And that is just brutal. And let me see here. Let me see if I can figure out a way to somehow get the comments on another page because this is infuriating that I'm not getting the comments. It's kind of important that I do uh, for obvious reasons. But I, I mean, it's hard to know where to begin with this performance because where do you begin when it is all as terrible as it was? And believe me, it was terrible. It was absolutely horrible. How in the world can they, can they justify doing that, playing that way? How can they sit here and say they've represented the values of the, of the team and the university and the jersey they're wearing when it's like that? I mean, my God, that was absolutely horrendous. Let's see here. This might help me a little bit. Maybe I can actually see all the comments now. I don't know. Maybe not. Bruce Stevens says, as I'm shocked, we did not lose by 25 or 30. Yeah, we probably should have. I mean, again, the one thing you can say is that VCU defensively was pretty tough for a good chunk of the game. There's just one problem. You know, they, it did not really matter because on offense, hey, make the extra pass. Who wants to do that? Who wants to do that? <laughs> 
Who wants to try to set their teammate up? Oh, not me. I'm not going to do that. I got, I got a chance to be the hero. So I'm going to drive right into two guys and get a charge over two guys. That was Brandon Johns tonight. Or I'm going to drive into the lane and pump fake with two on the shot clock. Brandon Johns is standing two feet away. If you drop it to him, he can get an easy layup before the shot clock buzzer. But no, I'm not going to do that. That was uh, Josh Banks. That was one of the plays he made that really got on the nerves. And it just went from there. I'm just going to make one pass. We're going to have one pass and throw up a three-pointer. That's not going to go in. Oh, goodness. I just I just don't understand it. I, I do not understand it. Um, you know, what, what, what in the world was that? What in the world was that? So they're now they've now lost two out of their last three. Big whoop that they got to win it against Pittsburgh again. That's probably not going to do much for them. This could have done something for them today. This could have done something for them today, and they did nothing. And yes, Doug Hines, what he says, wire to wire. This is one of the worst wire to wire performances I've seen us have in twenty years. That's about the size of it. That is about the size of it. You know, and Matt Mowley says every play's a dribble drive. I sort of wish that was true because they were at least attacking the paint. But seriously, you gotta get you've gotta get post entry both ways. Oh, now comments are coming. Oh, and Matt Mobley just mentions the thing I really wanted to talk about uh, the things that really got, got to me when I saw it. But you gotta get post entry both ways. Yes, you need to do it by breaking down the defense with the dribble. But you have got to also do it by passing the ball in the post because you can manipulate the defense that way. You can't just do one or the other. Yeah, and Noah and Bruce Stevenson, 100%. I am not under any circumstances having anybody say, well, this is this is this is because they didn't have Ace Baldwin. They haven't had Ace Baldwin since the middle of the week. Maybe they didn't know they weren't going to have Ace Baldwin against Arizona State. They knew they weren't against Pittsburgh. And even though they didn't play well. They didn't, they didn't, uh, they, they didn't, you know, they knew it anyway. They still found a way to win. They knew they weren't going to have them today. Um, let's see here. Uh, Matt Mobley, St. Louis beat Memphis. And yeah, when they mentioned that Memphis gave up 90 at St. Louis and VCU could only get 47, I thought my head was going to wobble off my body. Honestly. Um, interesting comment about Brandon Johns, Doug Hines. He does need to figure out what kind of player he is. What kind of player he needs to be is aggressive at the basket. And, and, and again, if he wants to take a three every now and then, I got no problem with that because he can make them once in a while. But he needs to be aggressive at the basket. Now, uh, Manny Whitlock said something interesting here. Uh, too, too much passing and not enough shooting. There were some possessions where that was true. That was true. There were times when they needed to pull the shot right away, but a lot of times they didn't make the extra pass. She also says, uh, coach looks defeated, so does the players. They sure did tonight. I mean, that was a passive, that was passive coaching and passive playing in a lot of respects. Uh, Matt Mobley says our ball movement is horrible. Our ball movement isn't great. Our off-the-ball movement is worse. That's, that's really the problem here because – 
When you will, and, and but again, it's their mentality. If they don't think somebody's going to pass the ball, what is the point in expending energy trying to make a cut to the basket and maybe having getting bumped on the way through? What is the point in trying to run to to run around and run somebody off two screens or run them off of you by going through the baseline if you're not going to get it thrown to you anyway? So that is. That is, that's down to what they were doing early in the game. And who is the person on the staff that will get in somebody's face and say enough? Because I don't care what anybody says. I doubt that Mike Rhodes is that guy. If he does that behind closed doors, I'll be shocked. Because there is no evidence of it. It was like somebody said in the game thread. The shot clock's running down. Jade Nunn's dribbling the ball. And there's there's Mike Rhodes standing there with his hand in his pockets. Did somebody yell at Jaden Nunn that the clock's going to go? That the shot clock's running out? How about one of his teammates? This team doesn't talk to each other on the floor, and you have to communicate. You have to talk. You have to tell your teammates, whether it's or, – or with hand signals saying, hey, you know, get your hand up because you want the ball. Stuff like that. Where is the team's communication? Nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. And how many t- and, and how many times did we see a guy just dribble right into a blind alley and not even think about kicking it out? And the wor- and Jalen Deloach might have been the worst defender at this. And, and the only reason I say that is, as we said in the last game, Jalen Deloach is a really good passing big man. He should never get in that situation. Never. Because he can actually pass the ball out of the post really well. And even he was doing that. And I just, oh my gosh. My head was, my hands were in my head so many times. I couldn't believe what I was watching. This can't be the VCU basketball that we've been watching the last several years. This can't be the same guys in the uniform. And yes, it hurts not to have Ace Baldwin. But you know what? Values are values. If you have a certain way of playing, you're going to stick to it no matter who's on the floor. Because he's not always going to be there. So you know what you got to do? You got to say, all right, let's, let's, let's even rely on ourselves as a team even more. Because we don't have somebody that can make magic for us out of nothing. Oh, gosh. Uh, Mandy Whitlock says we need a big to stuff the ball. Maybe we do, but somebody's got to tell Brandon Johns, in that first possession I should have known when we were in trouble because he gets three goes at the basket. He's right at the basket. He doesn't even think about dunking it. I think he can get up there and dunk it. Maybe I'm wrong, but seriously, Deloach, Johns, and any other big man we've got, if you're that close to the basket, dunk it. And go through the contact. Don't be afraid of the contact. Because that's what it looks like. And I don't want to think that because that's a terrible thing to think of players, that you're afraid of the contact. That's what it looks like. Jeez, Louise. Ah, I mean, I don't even know what, it's hard to find the words. And I mean, there have been bad performances before, and there have been performances where I've 
been this mad, and most of the time I've been confident they'll bounce back. They, but I'm not sure this time. And it's not even that Ace is not on the floor, because of course things are going to get better when he's on the floor. It's here. It's this. I'm pointing at my head right now for those of you in podcast line. It's between the ears. And they have got to, their mental approach has got to be better than that. It has to be better than that. And that's not just Ace being on the floor. That's all of them. But you know what? This dadgum coach has got to be willing to say to a player, you make a play, if you do something that's so bad that it's just, that you just sit them down, even for a minute, even for 30 seconds, to say, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Don't do that. Here's what you should do. Because why do any of these players think that it's a problem playing the way they play when the starters are getting 34, 35, 27, 33, and 25, and not a one of them has played well enough to merit those minutes? Not one of them. Absolutely terrible. And gosh, you wonder why people don't like this coach. This is why. Because it looks like this team is plateauing already. It looks like it's plateauing. I know we're integrating a lot of new players. Six or seven newcomers. I know because I did doggone podcasts about all of them. And that part is hard. I understand that. But... You've got you've had practice. You've had time with these guys. And more importantly, you have cert- you have a certain set of things that define you as a team that you need to play a certain way and yet you're not sticking to that. So again, as usual, I look at the coaching staff and I ask WTF, what's going on right here? <sighs> Goodness gracious. I, I, I mean, again, I, I just I cannot find the words for it. It was so bad today. It was it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you know, and they were they were talking about how great this Davis was, and I'm sure he's fantastic. And look, he was he had 26 tonight. You know, there ain't going to be many guards that get off on VCU like that. And really, outside of Davis, they weren't they weren't too good at all. I mean, he, he's eight of 16. The rest of them are 16 for 41. And and yeah, he made a bunch of really great individual plays because he could do that. But VCU held them to 62 points. VCU, at least the first few games, showed that they had enough offense that they could win most nights with 62, holding the team to 62 points. You know, Memphis shoots 42% and wins easily. I just, ugh. Mm, terrible. You don't take advantage of the early fouls in the second half, really. You don't get to the foul line. You don't get that parade to the foul line that you got against Pittsburgh that saved you in that game. You only get 11 foul shots in the second half, and you had four fouls on Pittsburgh right away. And you just, but of course, that you know what that requires? That requires not just attacking the basket. That requires the ball movement and the off the ball movement to force players to make tough decisions and the kind of decisions where you're going to foul somebody because you're going to make the wrong choice and you have to foul somebody so they don't get the basket. Oh gosh. I'll tell you. Well, let's see. What were we in the first half? We were six of 26. 
So we weren't far off five of twenty-one. No, Memphis is not that good. I I I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, and the turnovers, same old story. Amazing thing is, VC only had five of them in the second half, which is why, at least on paper, the second half was competitive. But he had third, and that's the other thing. Talk about not taking advantage of turnovers. Doggone Memphis has 12 turnovers in the first half. VC only had one more, 13. VC had four points off the turnovers. Memphis had 17 points off turnovers in the first half. And there's your ball game right there, basically. That first half is your ball game right there. 17 to 4 on points off turnovers. In a game where you only had one more turnover than them. <laughs> uh, I mean, that just. It, it, the mind boggles and stuff like that. It was more competitive in the second half. And, and of course, what's funny is VCU only forces six turnovers in the second half, yet they get more points off those turnovers. Than the 12 they forced in the first half. <laughs> it's just laughable. It's absolutely laughable. This team is not going to go anywhere with this kind of attitude. I don't care how good Ace is. And I don't care how good he plays when he comes back. And he might be marvelous when he comes back. This coaching staff has got to get its act together. And they have to get this team's act together. And they have got to be willing to change it, to try things, to use different combinations, to do whatever when the starters aren't playing well. There is no excuse for the way the minutes were distributed tonight. Not when this team plays as badly as it did. Absolutely none whatsoever. You're telling me Phillips, Kern, Banks, Lawal, Fermin couldn't do better than couldn't. They certainly couldn't do worse. Maybe they can't do better, but certainly they couldn't do worse. <sighs> All right, it's Kennesaw State next. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes at home. Thank goodness that's not till Saturday, even though it means I won't be able to do a live video with you. I'll just be recording a podcast only. Uh, John O'Neill, the, the whole road's... Is he going? Is he not going? Conversation. Don't even go there. Don't even go there. Because, unfortunately, this athletic department, I'm not sure they care enough one way or the other. I think they feel like it's going to turn out for good anyway because they didn't start great last year and it turned out for good, kind of. But I think they're, they're, they're accepting of a certain level. And that certain level is... We're going to be around the tourney, the tourney picture. We might even be in the tournament here and there. But we're not going to really do anything. But as long as we're, you know, in a postseason tournament every year, whether it's the NIT or NCAA or whatever, then that's fine. And that's not what – that doesn't cut it for me. But like I said, John O'Neill, I've, I've even gone as far, far down that rabbit hole as I should. Don't even go there. He's not going now because that would be crazy. And I doubt that this athletic director would ever get rid of him barring a scandal or a really, truly horrible season. And the problem is, or I shouldn't say the problem, the thing is, he is a pretty good judge of getting talent to this university. He gets good players to this university. We're never going to be but so bad because we're going to have really good players. The problem is, 
if we want to be really, really good, if we want to be elite, that ain't happening. Not with this coaching staff right now. Anyway, it's Kennesaw State on Saturday. That's 4 o'clock, if memory serves. Um, I will be listening in the van as I work. And then I will come home, rewatch, and then drop a podcast for you, which will drop Sunday morning. So that's what's going on there. Uh, it's a good thing it's not till Saturday because they need a mental reset. This team needs to take a breath, have a mental reset, look in the mirror, and figure out what kind of team they want to be. Because that team that was out there tonight for 40 minutes – I really hope they don't want to be that kind of team because that that group's that group's nowhere near nowhere near representing this university in the manner that it should. And look, let's say this. We've seen bad performances like this before. You know, go go back, go back to last year when they when they played Dayton at home in the home game. And yes, they lost Vince Williams at the last minute, but they were absolutely horrendous in every way. And Dayton dropped a safe on them. That was terrible. And you looked at them and said, oh, my God, you know, this season is going down the pan if, if that's the way they're going to play. Because, again, the ace ball one excuse wasn't going to the, the ace ball one excuse like that won't cut any ice this year. The Vince Williams excuse last year in that game. Didn't cut any ice with anybody either. So they played that game. They got smoked. I think we were all concerned. And they responded by going on a pretty good winning run that put them in position to win a conference championship, which unfortunately they blew the game at St. Louis. The less said about that, the better. So they have done something similar to that and responded. I hope they can respond to this. I don't know. Because that was one thing last year. Because of the players they had on the team, still, I was pretty confident they would respond. I'm not as confident this time. Because I'm not sure that with all the new players on this team and the fact that our best player is likely the point guard and it's not somebody else, I'm not sure the rest of this team is going to do that. And I'm not sure they've got the mental the mental strength to do it because again, you got to prove that to me. I'm just not going to assume it just because you have the uniform on. So they, they've got, they've got some soul searching to do over these next five days before they play Kennesaw state. And then let's all cross our fingers and toes that we'll have ace ball one back for Vanderbilt on the 30th next, next, uh, not this Wednesday, but the following, let us all hope that that is the case. So that's it. That's that's Rams Rewind for this week. As I said, if you like what you hear, you can donate. There's a link in the description, and there's uh, some sort of tip thing on Podbean, and I'm sure there are on the other um, platforms that we podcast on. This will drop, of course, uh, what is it, uh, today's Sunday, Monday morning in podcast land. If you're listening in podcast land, thank you for listening. Thank you, everybody in the good and the bad and the ugly. Once I finally got your comments, uh, it was as ever, it was always enjoyable to read those as I was doing this. And of course, in the game thread. And again, if you're not a member of VCU, good and the bad and the ugly, join us because it does get, it's a, it, it's often a roller coaster. It gets a little crazy. Thing is, 
we aren't going to pull any punches in this group when this team plays like this. We don't do sunshine and rainbows here. When they're great, when we think it's excellent, we're going to say so. But when it's garbage, we're also going to say so. Because that's the way we are in this group. And that's why this is a great group to be a part of uh, on Facebook in general. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. I look forward to talking to you uh, next Sunday. It'll be next Sunday since that's when the podcast will drop after Kennesaw State and hopefully a win where we where VCU bounces back. Uh, thank you all again for listening. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.